Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. So they've been praying for six months around here. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So we see this is I got a word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you better take notes. If you don't have a pen and paper, get it. Take out your phone. I'm gonna I'm gonna download this stuff that God told me. Listen, this whole this whole three days is gonna be about getting back to what we need to get back to to get the results we're supposed to get. Yeah. You can't get far away from the word of God. You got to get real, stay real close to the word of God. I think that we get too far out, man. Everybody looking for something new. Come on. There ain't nothing new. Amen. Everybody like looking for a new revelation, looking for a new dance, looking for a new that. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. If it's new, I'd get nervous. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. We just found out something new in the Bible. I was like, yeah, keep it. Yeah. Oh, nothing new. I, you'd be showing up with this goofy stuff. And no, you got to put line upon line, and we're going to talk about that stuff. Amen. It's going to be a great three days. I'm not going to keep you for 90 hours. They put me on a timer. They're like, how long are you going to go for? I said, three hours. They told me, like, over three days or just no, I mean, one night? Praise the Lord. Hey, listen, I'm excited. The new book's here. Are you excited about this? You guys are the best, man. So listen, if you're, this is what we do every year. I, I, I make Lauren write a book every year. <laughs> I work with these guys. I think it's one of the, um, you know, God, a long time ago, somebody asked me, they said, why, why'd you write a book? I was sitting on a plane flying home, and, you know, I was coming back from India or something, and it was quiet, you know, they moved me, and I was sitting there, and, I was, and God's like, write a book. And I was like, I don't want to write no book. I don't even know where to put commas, man. You ever get a, you ever get a, you ever get a text from me? It's bad. I don't, I don't know how to punctuate. I just put, you know, I used to write in all capitals. I found out that was yelling. I just liked the way it looked. It was big. You know, I could see it. I was like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? They're like, why are you yelling? I was like, I was, I, that's yelling? I didn't know it was yelling. So that goes to show you how good I did in English. My mother will tell you I should have failed in school. God bless all the kids that are struggling. They're going to make it. Probably got a preacher on your hands. But God said, write the book. I said, all right, write a book. This wasn't the first book, so I write the book. And I was like, why do you want me to write the book? I said, get Brother Norval. Brother Norval writes books and go get all these other guys to write books. He goes, no, you write a book. You write a book, and we wrote the first book. It's about champion within. It's talking about the Holy Spirit, and we got a couple other ones. And I said, later on, and somebody asked me one time, they go, why do you think God asked you to write a book? I said, oh, you want a picture? <laughs> Gigi's giving me, like, photo props. Okay. But I said, why do you want? I said, because I, I know I can't write it. And God said, that's exactly right. Because if you did it, you think you take the credit for it. But when you know you can't do something, God will call you to do it. Amen. You know what I mean? Because I just, every once in a while, I just throw a comma somewhere and say, I'm going to need help with this. Amen? So listen, the righteousness book is here. Now, here's the good news. What we do is this. This ain't about selling the book. Get the book if you want the book. But if you're a partner already, your digital download is already in your email. So all the partners already got the digital download. So if you're a partner, the digital download's already on your, I got it this afternoon. I was like, the book, I, I didn't even know it was here. I got an email from myself. I said, well, that's interesting. And I got the book. I, download, I downloaded it from myself, right? So I go, okay, this is cool. So it's there. So now here's what we do every year because I, I think it's important. We're gonna set up partnership for you guys. So any amount of partnership you partner with us, we're gonna give you the book today, all three nights. 
So you say, I wanna partner with you. We're gonna help you carry division. We're gonna help you do it, whatever it is. You say, I'm gonna give you 10 bucks a month, Pastor Chris, that's where I'm at. I said, give me 10 bucks a month and I'm gonna give you the book. Give me five bucks a month, we're gonna give you the book. Give me 50 grand, I'm gonna give you the book. <laughs> the bottom line is this, is that I wanna partner with you guys because I really feel partnership is key. Yes, it, is. it really is, man. It changes your life. Takes you to a place where you are to where you need to go. So if you just want the book, just get the book. But if you're already in a partner, it's in your email. So you don't need the physical copy unless you like one, get one. But here's the cool news. We're gonna get ready. Once we get this partnership going, we are gonna get ready to just really give you guys special content to all the partners. Special set apart content, because I really feel like I'm not called to everybody, but I'm, the people I'm called to can hear my voice. And, I, and I'm not here for everybody. A long time ago, they're like, who are you called for? You know, you start a ministry, you're like, I'm called to the world. And you find out not everybody in the world can hear you. Right. You know, and I'm like, maybe I'm not called to all the world. I think I'm called to because I ain't that whole world showing up. Right. So I know who I'm called to. They can hear my voice. They're my assignment. Amen. And that's who I'm invested in. So if you're in here and you feel like, hey, that's something to do, go to the back. I know they got... Miss Key is there, Miss Linda's there, they're gonna help you, they're gonna hook you up, but get the book. The book's about righteousness. Uh, we gotta step out on a limb with this one because um, it's really misunderstood. A lot of people don't know what righteousness is. Yeah. I tried to find resources for it, it was hard. I really believe this without a shadow of a doubt. I think this is the number one foundational pillar yeah. of your Christian life with God. That's yeah. right. Because if you don't know your right standing, you will reject everything you hear out of that Bible. And this righteousness ain't like church. Remember, you're a worm, you're a loser, you know. I mean, you know, you're a sinner. No, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't like none of this. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Nah, you ain't. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus once you get born again. Lose this sinning mentality, this nonsense, weak. It's all in here. Now, when you read it, it was funny. One of the guys got one of the books, and he went through all the scriptures, and he said to me, he calls me, he goes, I looked at every scripture you put in that book. Not this one, one of the other ones. I said, yeah. He goes, you know they're in the Bible? I said, yeah, that's where I got them. <laughs> Sorry, to you, man. He goes, I didn't know they were in there. I said, yeah, they've been there a long time. They've been here before you, before me. Trust me, Jesus is in there. Just don't be a rejecter. Yeah. Just get the book. It's going to change your life. Go back there. We're going to hook it up. Amen? Amen? You excited about that? Yep. I'm pumped. Glory to God. How many, how many excited about giving? Amen. Now, listen, man. I really believe in these meetings, um, your life goes to another level everywhere. Yes. So I was really, I, I, God really gave me all these scriptures. God gave me these bunch of scriptures. So we're going to go, we're going to get a ton of word. So I'm telling you, get a pen, get a paper, get your phone. Um, I, I, I pray I get ready to come. And, and I was like, no, God was like, look, you got to get these guys at another level um, uh, of just believing and I was like, okay, I'll handle it, you know, and do what I do. But you give me what I need to give them because I, I don't, I don't want to miss my assignment because yeah. my assignment means more to me than just being like, okay, you did, you know what I mean? Because Pastor Liz will tell you, and, and, and she loves it. I'm like, everybody wants to shout. I got no problem with no shout. You know, I bust chops. I'm in the car the other day. I'm like, you know, I break through is, you know, and I'm screaming in the car and having a blast. But I'm like, and I was kidding with Gigi. I said, how do you get it? How do you get that breakthrough? How do you walk in that victory? Yeah. I ran around the room a long time, didn't know what I was running about. 
Never forget, I went one time, one time, heard about power. I got power, Acts 1-8, ran around the room. Couldn't even catch me, I ran so fast. Got in the parking lot and said, what, where is this power? How does it work? How does it operate? What do I do with it? Well, I'm out of the meeting now. Where is this? What is this? How does it flow? How, what are the laws of this stuff? And I started asking myself, I said, I don't got no problem, no shout. I like to shout. But I got to know why I'm shouting so tomorrow I can shout by myself because you ain't always going to be here to help me shout. And that's when you just keep breaking down the word of God. And tonight, that's what we're going to do. Tomorrow night, PL is going to blow it up. And then Friday night, God talked to me about confession and I didn't even know this was, I had to check it. I was like, God said, I'm going to give you four keys of confession nobody talks about. I said, yeah, because I want to know why it doesn't work. I'm always tinkering. I want to know why it don't work for people. Show me what, what I got to fix. Show me where I got to connect it. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a big week. But I want you to look at this scripture. I didn't give him no scripture so I could flow. I want you to write this down. Lamentations 317. And the Lord told me this. And, and I like it. So just write it down. And we're going to give. And I want you to be sensitive with your giving because I believe you're giving is the key to your future. Because remember this, the only voice that your future hears are the seeds you sow today. That's right. Your future, your future only hears the voice of the seeds you sow today. That's all. If you don't like where you're at right now, it, today is just the harvest of yesterday. That's all it is. Right. If you don't like where you are today, you got to change it by what you sow. You want to change your tomorrow, you sow something today. Let me tell you about it, and I'm going to show you in a second. Look what it says in Lamentations 3, uh, 317. And thou hast removed my soul far off from my peace, and I forgot prosperity. And, I, and, I, and when God gave it to me, I was like, oh, okay. Why did we forget prosperity? Because we don't have peace. We got pressure. And the enemy wants to keep you busy with the pressure of life so you will forget about prosperity. God wants you to prosper. And this is what you got to realize. And I'm telling you this, these truths I'm going to give you, this is all the word. So why did they forget prosperity? Because they didn't have peace. So what do you think the enemy wants to do? He wants to put you in turmoil and busyness and pressure so you forget about prosperity. But I got news for you. Your inner man, I wrote this down. Now you got to realize this. This, this prosperity picture is just a revelation you need to get because your inner man already has it. The inner man knows nothing except prosperity because he came from heaven. Hallelujah. You must put yourself in position to pass that test because your inward man, he came from heaven. All he knows is prosper. Yeah. Your mind, your will, and your emotions try to shut you down in the earth and stop you from the next level of dreaming big because if your mind can't grasp it, it rejects what that inner image is trying to show you about what? Breakthrough of wealth. That's right. And God wants you rich. That's right. And church is trying to keep you broke. Yep. Look, I ain't shy about it because I know what happens. You, you need vision. Let me tell you, vision needs money. Every vision needs money. Where there's vision, you need provision. Your business needs provision. Your family needs provision. You got to get these. Why did we forget prosperity? Because we ain't got no peace. We got pressure. Come on. Come on, all you business people. You know what it takes to make payroll. It's pressure. And what happens is you get in so much pressure, you forget about prosperity. You don't even want to push. But look what he says here. Now, this is good. I love what it says. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7, you know this one. But I want to read it to you, okay? 
So if my inner man only knows that, I'm gonna give you four things you need to do to get your next level thinking of, of prosperity. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Look what it says. Uh, sorry, 8, 7. That's my bad. Kaylee, I got you back there working. Therefore, what? As you abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in diligence and in love to us, see that you abound also in this grace, the grace of giving. He that sows sparingly is gonna reap he that sows bountifully will reap. The power of prosperity is in whose hand? Mine. But here's the key. If we don't believe that, what do we do? We hold back when God's speaking to us. Why? Because this thing's creating so much turmoil, I don't even want to talk about it, man. I don't need, I don't, I've done forgot about it. But God doesn't want you to forget about it. He wants you to remind yourself about it. So here's the four things you got to do when it comes to understanding this thing. Because my inner man's already figured it out. The way you handle what you have now will determine how many things God can give you. The way you handle what you got right now. Because this is the key. What was the key of multiplication? He, Jesus told me, he said, if you break the bread I give you, it will multiply. But if you go hide it, it'll stop. What was the miracle of provision? Keep breaking what you got. What happens when pressure shows up? I want to hide what I got under the cot. Yeah. I don't want to think about this stuff. I want to go, uh, right? Because when you got a little bit of, what's, what am I going to do with loaves and fish, man? Mm-hmm. He said, break it. When you break it, it multiplies. If you hide it and hoard it, it'll become what? Worm rotten mess. He will constantly keep supplying if you keep constantly sowing. That's right. Now, let me tell you the thing nobody wants to tell you in church. Oh, it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. You're going to weep and tears are going to show up because you got to have a season of sowing when it looks like it ain't working. Somebody better give me a better amen than that because y'all lying in church. Weeping may endure for an evening, but joy will come in the morning. But here's the thing, and I tell these guys this here. you got to start this process of giving because you just got to give your way out of where you're at. So if I start giving today, by the time I keep doing this year after year after year after year after year after year, sooner or later all I look back and see is harvest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I give my way out of my position. Yes, sir. I prosper in this thing because he gave me the power to get wealth. That's right. And then there's four things you got to do. Write these down. Number one, and you better remember this, and you better stop talking broke. Because I got two things this week, faith and confession. Y'all better stop talking, can't afford. You better stop that. I'm going to slap you. You come around me and I can't afford that. I'm going to slap you. Nah, I can't afford. We can't go there. Who told you you can't go there? Who said you can't live there? Man, I'm telling you, you better stop. We can't afford that. I hate that. That sounds bad when you say it. Well, you going to go buy this? Who cares? Just don't say nothing. I told you what happened to me. The guy came to me and said, which one you want? I went to that fancy car dealership because I listened to these preachers. I don't know who I was listening to, Jesse DePlanis or one of these guys. He said, go and check the car you want. I walked in there. The thing was 100 grand. I said, my God in heaven, man, that house cost that. What are you, crazy? I looked at the sticker. I freaked out. I was like, it's a nightmare. And as soon as the guy got me, you know, he got me. He's like, well, what do you, what do you think? I said, I think it's beautiful. What are you going to do? I said, well, I like it. <laughs> I'm trying to talk my, bro. Ramon, I'm trying to talk. I'm talking smooth because I know I don't want to say nothing bad, right? I'm thinking in my head, I can't afford this car. I got to get out of here like now, like right now. Like I need to go. Like don't run my credit. I can't. You're going to be in trouble, bro. This ain't going to work. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you think? And Cuba, I had to think quick. I was like, 
I don't know what color I want. I'll be back. Uh. I was like, yo, jeez, I got out. I got out, man. Whoa, what do you want? I don't know what color. I'll be back. I was like, Rand, bye. Let's go. Come and get out of here. I was looking for Jesse Duplantis. I'm like, Jesse Duplantis, you better be quiet. Go in there and look at it. What color? I said, man, what color you want? I got to get out of here, bro. Almost jacked up my confession, messed up my mouth. You know what I'm saying? What am I going to do? I said, man, that thing's the price of a house. I was like scared, man. As a kid. I was like, I ain't never doing this again. You know, they were like, go to, you remember, go to, remember they used to teach us this? Go to the rich neighborhood. Ride around like you live there. Man, I rode around. I was like, bro, nah, we leaving. <laughs> living over here. I went to the one place that got a gate. Can't even get in. How am I going to see the house I'm supposed to have? But I didn't say nothing. You understand? You can't undo with your mouth. God said rich. God said blessed. That's right. And the only people that get mad when you talk like this are stingy religious people. Because let me tell you something. I'm going to help you because I ain't shy about telling you this. You get a picture? You too smooth, baby. It's better in the Bahamas. Oh my God, it is. That's where God lives. I keep telling Pastor Liz, please, please, please find me a place. She will. But you can't remember this, and I'm, I'm being funny, but it's cute. You gotta remember this. God wants you. Let me tell you something, because I gotta help you people, because a lot of you guys got businesses. A lot of you guys are dreaming big. Let me tell you, selfish people don't want to make money. Come on. Come on, preach that. Come on. You don't want to hear this stuff. That's yeah. good. I got more guys that are more concerned. Let me tell you, these guys that have got a business, they're thinking about other people besides themselves. Because yeah. it's a whole lot easier. I got a guy, he's probably watching. He said, I can go make probably 100 grand a month, and I'd be happy the rest of my life, and I can get rid of everybody, and I would just be, have not a problem in the world. Instead, I got 200-something employees, and I got to think about all them. You know what I'm talking about. How many stores you got, right? You run it. You pay. you working hard so everybody else can get paid. So everybody's like, oh, you people about, all you want is money. You are the most, you are the most unselfish person in the world the minute you decide, I want to prosper at another level. And the world's been trying to curse you for wanting to prosper when all the while you're prospering is everybody around you is prospering with you. And they try to sell you this bill of goods that all you care about is making money. No, you don't. You care about people more than the people that want to just take care of themselves. Because guess what? Oh, my, us four and no more, we're all good. Man, I got to have so much money, I can give you money. And I got to have so much money that when they go build the building, they can say, hey, here's 150 grand. God bless you. Bye. You go pry that property, say, here's a million bucks. Glory to God. See you later. You ain't ever got enough money. And I don't, you, for your family and your needs and your kids, you cannot stop prospering in your mind. And it's an image on the inside. It ain't always going to be easy, but God will be faithful. So write these down. They're going to help you. Number one, here's what you got to do. You got to decide. You got to to decide right now. That's it. I'm prospering. Amen. Say it like this. Flip the devil out. You got to decide to be rich. Yeah. 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 You got to decide to be rich. And people get, you should not want to be rich. Because, you know, that love of money, the love of money is evil. Shut up. (laughs) The love of money is evil. Who loves money? Who loves money? We ain't talking about loving money. Money's a tool, man. That's right. Just use it. That's right. That's all it is. That's it. You ain't getting up every day because you love money. That's right. See, run around kissing money and acting all goofy, hugging it. People are stupid. You know what I'm saying? You know, no, but you need it. So you got to decide to prosper, decide to be rich, decide to only say what God says. Number two, you got to learn. You got to learn about these principles. 
You got to learn in biblical, not your idea. Well, I don't think God wants, man, I get these people all the time. I don't think that's what God's saying. What do you mean you don't think what God's saying? He went to the cross to die so you could become rich. He took your poverty and what? Made you prosper. Ain't no other way around it. Don't get religious about it. Lose it. God wants you to have it. Why? Because if you got it, the kingdom's got it. And if the kingdom's got it, then the kingdom of God can advance and be blessed. I don't care. God don't care what you keep neither. You take care of God. I had the one guy, right? He went and bought something real expensive, crazy expensive, stupid expensive. He even said, he said, it's dumb. I said, it is pretty dumb. But I said, guess what? You gave money to God. Who cares? God don't care if you buy dumb stuff. Did you take care of God first? Yes. I said, God bless you. Buy dumb stuff. Knock yourself out. Why? Because God don't care. If it's your passion, who cares? Three, write this down. You got to focus on money. Now, I'll tell you this. Don't get easily distracted because the minute you get distracted, you'll forget about it. Every day, get up and expect to prosper. Every day. Amen. You got to get an internal picture of this, man. Why am I talking about this? Because you got a bunch of preachers in here and need millions of dollars. He's a preacher. She's a preacher. They're preachers. They're preachers. They got churches. You got a business. You start. Guy's the best architect going right there. What? He got a firm, brand new thing. He got, you need money. The shop needs money. Your shop needs money. You need money. You need money. Business needs money. Ministry needs money. Everybody needs money. You people out there in the back, you need money too. Everybody needs it. So decide. Who said it? Don't put it in the Bible if you don't want me to go get it, God. Right. Said, I want you to be rich. Okay, there you go. Check. Be rich. <laughs> See, people say this. Well, money, money, money makes you goofy. No, they were goofy. Money just magnifies the person that's goofy now. They're already goofy. Money didn't make people stupid. They were stupid before they got the money. You didn't know that? We just never recognized those people. Now that I loaded and we're like, oh, look. You ain't never here? See? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this was, does not change your character. It exposes your character. Yeah, yeah. Money is an exposer. It's a magnifier. Right? Ain't nobody caring. They got three nickels. There ain't nobody looking at you. You got a couple million bucks. Everybody knows Elon Musk and Zuckerberg are going to go fight. These two idiots are going to go fight one another. Are they stupid? Because <laughs> they're billionaires and they're going to like go punch one another in the head maybe in a ring. Dana White's going to make all the money because he's like, it'd be the greatest fight the world's ever seen. I'm like, this is great. Billionaires beating one another up with a billionaire company. That's smart. And the church goes, get rich, and we're goofy. No, they're goofy. Trust me. Okay? Okay, next, last one. Here we go. You got to get expecting to prosper. You got to expect. You got to decide I'm going to be rich. You got to learn what he said in his word. Go find it. You got to focus on it. Don't get easily distracted from it. And you got to start expecting it every day. It's going to find me. I'm a money magnet. Money coming to me now in the name of Jesus. Come on, right? That's Dr. Thompson, right? Money coming, right? He's pulling that lever. But you got to expect it. Now, you got to tell nobody, but you got to expect to prosper. That's right. You got to expect your business to prosper. You got to expect. You got to expect. You got to expect. Because if you don't, whatever you do not expect, man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't expect it, it ain't going to happen. You got to expect it. And then you thank God. Every time it happens, you keep thanking God. Thank you, God. When you, go, you find a dollar, thank God. You, something happens, thank God. Business blows up, thank God. Everything you do, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. But we're talking around here. So here's what you do. So when you get ready to sew, there's, there's ways on the screen to sew. You're going to put them on the screen. And then here's what we're going to do. We're a talking church. I yell at these guys every Sunday. Don't sit there quiet. I always get these people coming here, and I'm like, tell God what you want. And here they are. I really want to get a Nerf gun. They bought, they bought me one once, but they took it away because I was going to shoot the people that didn't worship God. You know what I mean? They sit there, we're, we're supposed to be worshiping God. They're all like, I was like, I'm going to get a Nerf gun and shoot you people. 
like walk out and just start boom, 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 boom. So somebody bought it for me. It was awesome. It was on my desk. I was like, this is going to be great. I'm bringing this thing to church on Sunday. Pastor Liz took it away. She did. She took my Nerf gun. It was there. It had suction cups and everything. You would have liked it. I was getting ready to get a scope and just zero in. Pow! Don't want to worship God? Boom. What was that? Pastor Chris shooting you with darts. Suction cups hitting you in the head. How can these people be here and not open your mouth? You came here with faith tonight, right? Amen. You came here with faith, right? Yes, sir. You, you prepared your seed. Yes, sir. Come on, man. This is, I'm talking about people that got ready. This, thing got, this thing's going to get you. Yeah. Seeds in your life, in moments of your time, produce harvests you cannot get any other way. Amen. I told Pastor Liz, when they gave me the keys here, they're going to give us the keys and all this stuff again. I, I sowed specific seeds in meetings I didn't even realize. I forgot about them. Went to pastors and leaders, rode out there. I said, do whatever that guy says out of his mouth, I'm doing it. Ran up there, gave. Went somewhere else, gave. Went somewhere else, gave. We were with Bishop one time, gave. Like, I'm giving. God, God told me strategic. He showed up. He reminded me of those seeds. I forgot about them. He said, this one, this one, this one. He showed me four of them, four specific seeds. He said, remember that one? Remember that one? Remember that one? Paul, I forgot about them. All of a sudden, the key showed up, and he's reminding me. He said, those were the seeds you sowed years before. Don't tell me these ain't special moments. Right. See, that's what people don't talk about, atmosphere. They don't know what they're doing. Just say, I some, you know, homiletic nitwit up here. Atmosphere. Atmosphere. Anointing. Because I, this is between you and God, not me. Right. I don't know what you need. God does, though. One moment in time, one seed speaking to your future forever. Yes, so I'll be set in atmosphere. What do I give? I ain't telling you what to give. It's none of my business. Give what God tells you to give. So your best. Right. Expect the best. But here's what you got to do. You got to claim what you need. You came here expecting something. You know what I'm saying? These guys know on Sunday. I know you're going to say already, generation of wealth. But, but here's the thing. Why? Because I'm on a specific assignment. You came from where you came. You came with a specific assignment. God will hear that. But here's the thing. We don't do this stuff. And you know what got me? Brother Hagin, I'm watching Brother Hagin. God's like, you don't pay attention to nothing. He's God is rebuking me. He said, you know what he got me the first time? I'm sitting in class, and the guy's on the platform, and he said, I want to talk to you about the Ephesian prayers. The Lord rebuked me. He goes, how many times has that man told you to pray those Ephesian prayers? Yeah. I said, I heard him 150 times say. He goes, how many times have you done it? I said, none. He goes, and that's why you're in the position you're in. Wow. You don't follow instruction, me. I said, oh, this is great. He goes, why do you think he's telling you that? Because he's here, because he's a ding-dong, he's wasting your time. Why don't you start praying those Ephesian prayers? Yes, sir. I said, I don't. He goes, I know. That's <laughs> what so I'm telling you, pray him. Then I then got in this. He said, What did he tell you about how God told him about prosperity? Claim what you need. Amen. Said, I'm broke. I seen Dr. John, Dr. John's coming. We're gonna is, this, is that slide tonight too? Dr. John's coming. I've seen Dr. John Avanzini. He's coming in October. We're going to give you the date. You need to come back. Guys, guys, guys raised more money in the body of Christ. I don't know, two billion, three billion bucks or something like that for TBN, preachers, whatever. I, I was like, what was it like? He goes, I was in Africa. Didn't know how it worked. Stood up for three nights, crying, trying to get God to move. What do he tell you? Expect for 30, 60, 100 fold. Writing books. I'm sitting here. I'm going, this is how you do it. These guys are sitting in front of your face telling you what to do. And I'm over here like, how many more times I got to tell you how to do it? That's what I'm going to talk to you tonight about faith. How many times you got to hear it before you do it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's God's honest truth. We ain't even paying attention. We're trying to find something new. Yeah. 
Give me a break. No. If it's new, you don't want it. It's probably no good. That's the thing. We move away from the simplicity of the gospel because we think it's in the spectacular. It's not. It's in the simplicities, guys. So just, just be obedient. That's all you got to do right now. But tell God what you believe in God for right now. Say, God doesn't believe in for 100 grand, 50 grand, land, jobs, I don't know, whatever. Tell God right now. Tell him out loud. Don't keep your mouth closed. Quiet, silent faith, don't get nothing. Don't get nothing. None of this proxy business. I got a silent prayer. Silent prayers are dumb. Don't do nothing. I can't tell. I don't want the neighbor to hear me whisper. God's got big ears. I don't know what to tell you. But get, get it out of your mouth. Amen? Say this right now. Tell them what you need. Tell them what you need. And say this out loud. Say, devil, I bind you. I break your power. I take authority over you in Jesus' mighty name. And I loose the angels of heaven. Go get my stuff. Get it for me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen? And amen. We've got some announcements for you. Check these out. Hey, guys. I'm so excited that today you can get the book about righteousness. You're right. What's that about? It's about discovering the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what God made you. That's your position in the earth. And that is the standing he gave you to receive every promise from heaven. This book's going to change your life. You can get it today. That's right. Online. You can go to the bookstore. And during the conference this week, we have a special promotion. If you partner with us, you become a monthly partner. We are going to give you the book and we are going to connect with you and your life and take your life to another level. Check it out. Go to the bookstore, pick it up, read a couple pages and get your copy today of your right, learning the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I promise you, it's going to change your life forever. from my people. I'm trying to get money to my people. They've got to have exceeding abundantly above all they can ask or think. Stop praying for enough. Enough is not enough. You need more than enough. Because not only do you have to feed your family, you have to feed other families. Not only do you have to see that there is meat in this house, but there has to be meat across the whole earth. Jesus became absolutely impoverished at the cross so that you and I could live in abundance. God never, ever, friends, wants you to think about money one time in your life. He doesn't want you thinking about it. He wants you to think about giving. He doesn't want you to think about needing. Praise the Lord. 
Mark your calendar. That's going to be awesome. Seeing Dr. John, like I said, he wanted to come. I was like, whenever you want to come. So mark those dates. Get in the building. It'll be awesome. We'll talk more about it as we go. Praise the Lord. Look at this. I want to talk to you. I want you to look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Amen? You going to start my timer for me? I'm going to try to do that. I promise I could do I'll do it. Maggie, you believe it? I didn't think so either, but you have greater faith than me. Galatians 4 and 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though we be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. I started looking at this. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, and we got to start understanding full maturity biblically is our responsibility. And, and that's what I'm going to talk to you tonight about. So I want you to just, I want you to just go for the ride. Okay. Just take it, write it down, digest it. If you don't like it, throw it out tomorrow, but don't, don't shut down. Just fight to stay in it. Cause it's going to, you're going to have to fight the fight of faith. To stay in it, okay? And then we're going to get going somewhere. Because here's what I start thinking. Full maturity is our responsibility. He said, even though the heir, and Romans says we're the heirs of Christ, even though he's an heir, which means you have what? Scriptural, spiritual access to this stuff. If you don't understand it, you're going to live like a servant. You have to mature. If you're not mature, mature faith, don't get nothing. See, this is what he's saying. And he's saying, even though you're an heir... If you don't get these principles lined up right, you are not going to be looking like an heir, even though you are one. Where do you see that? Glad you asked. Look at Romans 4.13. Okay? Write these down. I'm going to give you a ton of word. Because how many know the word interprets itself? You know what I'm saying? So look what he says in the word of God. So I'm an heir. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So we were made heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Positionally, we have access to everything heaven provided. But if you don't understand how to connect the dots, even though you've been given this spiritual position, you are not going to get the benefits of this stuff. And that's what God, God dropped this in me like four months ago. He's like, you want to talk about faith? I said, why am I going to talk about faith? He said, you got to bring them to the principles of faith and carry it to the law of faith, and we got to understand this stuff because we got to realize something. This is better than every, not every once in a while. If we get the principles of faith to work the way God said they work, they work the same all the time, every time. They do not differ, and they do not disappoint. The thing is, if you don't get the connection right, it don't work. Now, here's the thing. And we're like, well, what's God doing? No, God's like, look, I gave you inside information on how to do this. But if you don't wire it right, it ain't going to work. And don't go get mad at me because it ain't working. If it's not working, it's user error. And I'm not picking on you. And I'm not, you know, coming at you like saying, oh, you guys are great. You're doing awesome. But I want to make sure we got this thing wired right. Because God's got a whole lot of stuff laid up. And I know what happens. It gets frustrating. I'm supposed to be blessed by now. I'm supposed to be healed by now. I'm supposed to have a breakthrough by now. I'm supposed to be done fighting these crazy devils by now. 
This thing should have turned around by now. That kid should have been here by now. That stuff should have happened by now. I know what happens. After a while, you start getting like, hey, I don't know if any of this stuff works. It doesn't look like a lot of it's working. And you go to church, and they give you a, well, keep on uh, hoping and the praying and the praying and the hoping. <laughs> and you got to, after a while, you got to go, look, God, if you said it and you're true, which you are, then I got to figure out, do I have this stuff wired right? So we got to recap to move forward, and then once we get in this thing, we're going to get it. Because here's what I want you to know, man. Jesus said in Romans 3.26, look at this. Now, I'll tell you, just write these down. Because this is what started getting me. And I've been teaching this in the church a little bit, so i got to backtrack, so act excited, right? I, I'm, I was traveling, you know, and, and God's been gracious to let us go. We're traveling, traveling, and that's why we wrote Obtainable, because I started seeing a bunch of people believe in God for stuff, Okay? Now, I'm not going to keep you all night, but you've got you to give me full attention. Because God will heal your body. He'll, he'll, he'll do all the stuff in here. He'll do it. You know what I mean? God will do all this. stuff. God will do miracles. God will do all that. But we've got to set an atmosphere of expectancy with your faith. Yes, sir. Okay? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to just go slow. Don't, don't start throwing anything away. Just say, all right, let me just be open to hear what he's saying. And let me look upon a line upon a line and let's see what we're doing. Okay? Because here's the deal, right? I, I was, I'm traveling, and I'm watching a bunch of people. They're, like, expecting change, looking for change, and I loved it. But I kept asking myself, I said, man, I do not think some of these people have the exchange because faith is currency. Yeah. And if you're going to have an exchange with God just by the talk and just by the stuff, and I seen a bunch of people waiting for time to change their situation, but time was not going to change their situation because they were not in faith. And because they could not clearly and easily identify faith, they didn't know they weren't in faith. Right. So I'm heartbroken because I'm like, I don't think time's changing this because that don't sound like faith. That don't look like faith. See, faith is tangible. Yes, and you don't see it. And, you're, you know, as a pastor, you're crying because you're like, these people are waiting, thinking time is going to change it. But time changes nothing. Faith changes time. That's right. That's good. So you sit here and you go, well, what in the world do we do? And you start, one day you wake up and you start ripping your theological mind apart and go, well, I better figure out what it is because this is what blew me out, okay? I'm going places and I'm going, the Bible says, and the just live by faith. And we understand that not only do we live by faith, but you know, come on, Relevant Church, we are to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going, that's great. Hebrews 10 something says, and we obtain the promises of God by faith faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, it is impossible to please him without faith. Ephesians chapter 6 says, we protect ourselves with the shield of faith. I'm going, we walk by it, we live by it, we protect ourselves with it, we obtain the promises of God with it. How about that's a big one? And how about this one? Even bigger than that, it pleases God. Amen. Yes. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because he who comes to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going. I'm in these rooms right now. I'm going, okay. How do you know whether you're in faith or not? Nobody clearly identified it. I didn't even know what it was. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, so evidence of things not seen. By yet the elders obtain good. What's that mean? Then I got, I got even crazier because I said, well, imagine if I pulled everybody that I went and said, well, what is faith? I'd get 52,000 different answers about what it is, because two plus two equals four. That's easy. How come we in the church 
cannot easily clearly identify what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for. Is evident. What does that mean? What does that mean? And how do I know whether I'm in it or not? I got no problem with time, but if I don't know whether I'm in it or not, oh, you think you knew what it was? Then why'd you pray the same prayers over and over? Because you didn't, every prayer you prayed more than once, you had just identified yourself as a person, and me included, that did not know whether they were in faith or not. That's right. Because if I was in faith, I ain't going to ask again. Because I'm an heir. And if I was mature, I know who I am. And if I know who I am, I know what he said he can do, he can do. But I didn't know what I was doing. So then you go home and you rip it apart because you got to help people and you got to help yourself. And then I started saying, okay, what did Jesus say? And I heard this preacher today say, well, you know, and you guys know what faith is because you guys are with me. Faith is simply what you believe. Because Jesus made it clear. Jesus made it clear in the word of God because when he came and found those two blind men, what did he say? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Then according to your faith being on you. We can't go back. You got to go back and watch CDs. That's right. Thomas showed up. He said, I'm not going to believe it. Y'all know yep. Thomas. Yep. Thomas is sitting here with the disciples. You got to pull it into modern day, right? Come, Jesus, Jesus is trippy, you know, comes through the wall like, hey, what's up? It's me. He freaks everybody out. And he's like, he's like, okay, couldn't you use the door or something? But all right, whatever, bro. Right? He comes in and he's like, hey, it's me. And Thomas came back and he seen his disciple buddies and he said, hey, the Lord came. And he said, come on, bro. I don't, know. I don't believe this mess. I don't believe this. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I could see, unless I could take my finger and put it in nail prints in his hand, take my hand, trust his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, Jesus comes back and said, hey, Thomas, come here. <laughs> right? Calls him out. He's like, come here, Thomas. He's like, what? Thomas knew. He's like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. He got me. Caught me, right? He said, hey, we all been there. He said, hey, take your finger, put it in a nail print. Okay, got it. Take your hand, trust him aside. He said, don't be faithless, but be believing. So then we started coining faith as a belief. Faith is simply what you believe. That's all it is. But your beliefs got to be formed by the word of God. Because if your beliefs are not formed by the word of God, you do not have the right substance to create. Now watch this. Everybody in here, you're going to have to fight for revelation. Amen. See, this is not communication. Right. See, this is what I'm saying. This is where you got to lock in. Most people ain't used to this. Because they want you to go scream a little bit. Go scream a little bit. and let No, 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 no. That ain't power. This is power. Right, right. Knowledge is the greatest power you will ever find in your life. Amen. Wisdom is the principal thing. He who finds it will find understanding. This is what you got to know. This is where you chop the wood in your head and go, no, this is what I got to know. Because if I know I'm in faith, I cannot be stopped. Yeah. Right. Can't be stopped has to do what it says it'll do. But we have to understand and look at it. Look at what it says in Romans 3.26. It says that it's a law. Look at this. Pop that up there. This I just say what? At this time. That righteous, that it might be what? Just. And the what? The justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Look at 3.27. Where is boasting? You can't boast. By what law? There is none. But How? But the law of faith. Amen. So he said faith's a law. So just like gravity's a law, even though you cannot see it, it's there. Just because you don't understand all the operations of it, it's there. 
It's a universal law. It's not going to change. Faith is a universal law whether you know it or not. And just because you're a believer, unless you understand the laws of it, just because you're a believer doesn't mean you know what you're doing with it. You have to understand the laws of it to operate therein. And if I don't know the laws of it, it ain't going to work. See, I don't know nothing about electricity. I was kidding Eddie the other day. I was like, I ain't touching none of them wires. I thought I was cute at the house, you know. I got wires hanging. And I told Pastor Liz, oh, we know what we're doing. And I put a thing in, and then they come to me. They're like, was it on? I go, yeah, I think so, because once the thing come on and everything went on, they're like, don't ever touch another thing in the house. You don't know what you're doing. I was like, amen, thank you very much. Why? I do not understand the laws of electricity, nor do I want to learn them. Right. Correct? Yeah. But if you understand the laws of it, you don't have no problem working with it because you're not afraid of it. Because you understand the principles of it. He said faith is a law. That means it works the same every time, all the time. And if I can understand the principles of what Jesus said about it, I can get the benefits of it even without full cooperation of my intellect to understand it. It's still a law. You got to pull that in. So here's the question. What are the laws of faith? See, now this is where, where it didn't work. You know, you get these people all the time. It didn't work. If it didn't work, you didn't work it right. Amen. Look, this is big boy church, big girl church. You know what I mean? I ain't here to coddle you, pamper you. You know what I mean? I know you're on vacation. God bless you, but the rodeo's over. Come on. If it didn't work, I didn't do something right. Let me go back and reconfigure how I think this stuff works, and let's see what Jesus said about it, okay? Because if I can get it right, I can get this thing going now. Okay? Check this out. Because you got to understand something. There's a law. To sp- faith is a law of the spirit. And if you understand the laws of the spirit, you'll understand the law of faith. Is that okay? Yeah. You got to develop this though. And how this comes is like this. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 in the Passion. I want you to see this because this is important stuff, man. This scripture will change you, man. Because you got to get it. Everybody say, I got to get a revelation. Yeah. Revelation comes from the Holy Ghost. You're going to get a revelation from the Holy Ghost, and this is where he imparts into you the understanding of faith. Because, yeah. you see, let me tell you, whenever, and I don't buy faith grows, okay? I know everybody tells you faith grows. That's baloney, okay, as far as I'm concerned. I know you can all write me a letter later, but I don't really care. I'm not going to read it. Everybody, faith grows. No, it doesn't. The fruit of faith, when I say they say grows, I believe the fruit of faith grows because fruit grows. Yeah. But the, the idea of faith growing is, is ludicrous. Because here's the problem with it. Once we get into faith growing, now we're immobile. How much faith do I have to have to go get cancer? So now if we look at faith as a size, we're going to miss it. Faith is not a size. It's an obtainer, not a container. Faith obtains. It obtains. It does not contain. The faithfulness of God grows and develops like fruit. So when he says your faith grows, it grows in faithfulness, understanding that God can do it. But faith is now. Because why? You go to the Roman centurion, y'all notice, this guy's a one-time hearer, guys. The Roman centurion is a one-time hearer. The Roman centurion doesn't even know it's the will of God to heal his servant. Correct? That's right. Jesus comes and says, hey, what's up? He goes, my servant's lying home with the sick. Can you do something for him? He's like, I'll come to your house. He goes, don't even come to my house. Don't even worry about it. Just speak the word. Now you're going, whoa, what's up with this guy? He goes, I understand that whatever you said you can do because I understand authority you don't got to come to my house just speaking. Jesus goes, this guy's got faith greater than anybody I've ever seen in my life. He's a one-time here, and he just found out that he would do what he came to ask him to do. If he had such great faith, why would he even ask the question of if he would do it? 
Because what? And Jesus said, I've never seen great faith like this. How does God go from a one-time here to great faith? Well, it's growing. Bump all is growing. Faith is now. If it's growing, then what are you waiting for? You'll be waiting forever. Faith's now. The minute you hear it, you got to do something with it. This is important. I got I a lot of ground to cover, so just go slow, okay? Everybody's like, well, faith comes by hearing. Look at this first scripture. I know how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. But you got that all screwed up too. You do. We do. I'm going to tell you what. When you're done tonight, you're going to get this thing to work. Faith comes by how? Then why are you just reading about it? See, we're screwing up the faith. See, here's the thing. Stop complicating it. Look at the basic principles. Faith comes by hearing. Why are you reading it? Faith don't come by reading. Faith comes by hearing. Why? What does that mean? You better get it out loud. It's a law. Oh, I don't think electricity is going to shock me. Grab a hold of it. See what happens. See what I'm saying? We're breaking simple laws already, and then we go, why don't it work? You ain't working it. Faith don't come by reading. It's a law. Oh, gravity, no big deal. Jump out the window, I can fly. No, you can't. You drop like a rock. Jump out. I don't believe in gravity. Splat. It's a law. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be. I didn't come to be cute. I didn't come. Oh, what are you going to tell me? I'm going to give you faith so good you change your future. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, what do I got to do? You're going to have to work. Yeah, because I want you to get it. Now I got to read out loud. Great, Pastor Chris. Yeah, you do. Or you got to hear. You got to change the way we're doing stuff. Look what he said right here. Because watch this. That 1 Corinthians 2.9 is deep. This scripture changed my life. This is why the scripture says, things never. Talk about the Holy Ghost. Read it slow. Read it slow. Things never. Things never heard before, things never discovered, and things beyond your ability to imagine are waiting for you. Because God's got them hidden and mysteries in the kingdom. Kingdom mysteries. That's what kingdom mysteries are. Hidden things. This is a hidden thing that God's getting ready to reveal. But if you don't say anything, well, I don't know what you're talking about, then you're going to miss the mystery. Yeah, don't miss the mystery because you're over there. Because see, meditation is going to put you into mobilization. But if you don't get this thing in you, you're going to be sitting in the same place 30 years from now and go, why don't it work? You didn't wire right. Now, do you think, oh, you think you know what you're doing? I know exactly what I'm doing. Why? The Bible tells us what to do. See, because this is what we don't understand. Faith's two places. been two places since the beginning of time. And we don't use these principles. We're going to miss it. What do you mean faith is two places? Yeah, it is. Look at Romans chapter 10. Go to like 10, 8. Faith is two places. Just look. You're going to get it. Faith is in the heart and faith is in the mouth. Faith is in the heart and faith is in the mouth. If faith is a belief, I got to get beliefs in my heart before I can ever get them in my mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see this? See, we got to teach you how to load it up. Yes. See, we got a bunch of people running around saying stuff they don't believe and then wonder why it ain't working. Because right. doubt does not manifest. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That? 
Reason does not manifest. Mental assent is just agreement. Faith is not mental assent. Faith is a belief. Mental assent is I agree with it. Yes, God can do it. Yeah, well, guess what? That ain't enough. Look what it says in Romans 10, 8. Go there. Come on, you see this? But what say it? The word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy... Come on, we're going to work the word. You doing all right tonight? Come on, I got 25 more minutes. You can hang out with me. Come on. I told you you're going to work. Say, well, how do I do? Faith is in the mouth, and faith is where? In the heart. This is the word of faith which we preach. They say, oh, you word of faith preacher. You know what I mean? They try to label you. You word of faith. They've been labeling us and getting on us. You know what I mean? You go to that word of faith church. Well, what are you supposed to be, a word of doubt church for crying out loud? <laughs> word of nitwit church? I mean, what is this stuff? Are you word of faith? Yeah, I'm word of faith. Said the word of faith which we preach. What are we supposed to preach? Are you word of faith? You name it, claim it. I'm going to name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Don't get mad at me because you don't have it. That's what I am. People unbelievable. Crazy. You one of those confession people? Yeah. Yeah, you better be. That's, that's tomorrow. Faith and confession go together. You want to know why most people you know got the problems they got? They can't shut their mouth up. You undoing with your mouth everything God did on the cross. And you just do that. It ain't that big a deal. Yeah, it ain't that big a deal. It ain't working. It ain't going to work. Well, I don't think it's that big a deal. It's a law. Is gravity that big a deal? Talking broke, talking sick, talking messed up, talking jacked up in your house, letting strife in your house, letting those garbage come around. And then you're over there. Well, you know, I don't think it's that big a law. Peanut, what happens if we take those wires and just start touching them? He's an electrician. You get zapped. It's a whole lot bigger deal than you think it is. So look, I got to show you to do this. So you just run around screaming, Pastor Chris. No, look at Romans 10, 8. But I show you how to load it up because we don't know how to do it. That's why I got to have the words in your mouth. This is where you got to put the work in. This stuff takes work. Yes, See, they don't want to tell you this. You know, come in there. Well, I, can you just do it for me? No, you got to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. But here's the thing. I don't mind putting the work in if I know I'm going to get the results. The only reason why you quit on the work is because you tried it and it didn't work because we didn't do it right and then we don't do it no more. Yes. Remember when you used to pray in tongues? Yes, sir. Yeah, you used to. You better start doing it again. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I don't do none of that. I don't know what I'm doing. Jesus told you your mind's unfruitful when you pray in the spirit. Right. You over there, God rebuked me for that too. He rebukes me a lot. He said, you know your problem is? I said, this should be a long afternoon. He said, what? I said, what? He said, you always need explanation. I just told you obedience. Did I tell you to understand it? No, he, I said, there is, your mind is unfruitful when you pray. You're over there critiquing it. I don't know what I'm doing. You're doing right there. Revealing mysteries, things I don't know, things I've never seen before, things I cannot imagine are being released to the Spirit of God flowing through you. These are all laws. I don't think it's doing that much. You don't think it's doing that much? God said it's doing everything for you. See what I'm saying? They all ask, look at Romans 10, 8. You got it? You okay? Say, word, faith, which we preach in the mouth and in the heart. Now watch this. Go to 9. You're going to see it. Keep going. But that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, they shall be what? Saved. Now watch 10. 10 seasons up. He said, for with the heart man does what? Oh, there's that believe word again. What does man do with the heart? Believes on the righteousness. What's righteousness? Right standing with God. Until you got beliefs in your heart, you don't have right standing with God. Even though you're saved, sanctified, a little silly yourself, you ain't there yet. Yeah, because when you go, I don't know, God goes, okay, can't do nothing. Yeah, yeah. See, here's the thing with righteousness. Righteousness is right standing, but it's agreement with God's word. Yeah. 
even on the right. Okay, is there a whole denominations that do not believe it's the will of God to heal? Yes. They're going to get healed? No. no. Is it in the Bible? Yes. yes. Is there a whole denomination that believe it is not the will of God for you to pray in tongues? Yes. Is the Holy Ghost still here? Yes. Are they going to get it? No. They still going to heaven? You better believe it. They still saved? Yep. But they going to what? They ain't going to be having no Holy Ghost and they sure ain't going to be well. <laughs> is there denominational people that do not believe it's the will of God to be rich? They're going to be broke all the way to heaven. Yeah. Find out when they get through the pearly gate, living in a penthouse, going, you could have lived here all your life, you just chose not to. Hello? Hello. Are they saved? Yeah. Yes. Are they sanctified? Yes. But they are what? Not going to operate in the truth that's in the word of God because they are not accepting, they are rejecting what they hear to be truth, and they pick the truth different than the truth that is the truth. And every time you and I do not come into agreement with the word of God, we are not in an equal standing with the God. They said we can have it. And therefore, when we go to say something, we are not releasing the ability of truth. Why? Because we're not there positionally. But we could be there if we what? Accept. That's the biggest problem. Why do we have a problem? You got a rejection problem. What do you mean you got a rejection problem? We reject it because it doesn't seem like it's big enough compared to the problem we have. So when faith comes by... And hearing by the word of God, faith don't stay. Faith's got to be, Mark chapter 4, you know this one, right? Here, go there, nobody knows it. Four, here, no, it's okay, you got to learn, this is how you learn. I got a lot of work to do, I can't just fly through this. Because if I don't, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to be fancy? My fancy days are over. Look, Mark chapter 4, you okay with this? You all right with this? Because while I'm talking, Revelation's going to hit you, because this is in me. This is where I want to live. Look at this. So let's start with like 14. And the sower sows the word. These are they by the wayside. Mark 4, 14. Sower sows the what? The word. You know what the Lord told me the other day? I'm sitting there. I'm getting ready for this, right? And he said, who was Jesus in the beginning? I said he was the word. What the word do? Came flesh and dwelt among us. He's the walking word. He's the living word. Who are you the moment you pick up his word? He said, you are him in the earth. The earth does not know how to differentiate between you and Jesus when you say what he said. And all he says about you is what the word says about you. Because remember I told you that a long time ago? Remember when, remember when, remember when, remember, you remember when John the Baptist got thrown in prison? And he got in trouble? And he freaked out? He skipped the beat? He said, hey man, we got a problem now. I'm in prison for this stuff and this was cute, but this ain't cute no more. He said, go ask Jesus if he's the Christ. Go ask Jesus if he's the Christ. You the one who told me the dove landed on him in the water well over there. Now you don't know if he's God? Now, you tripping, right? He's tripping now. I would have got a day job. I'd be like, this guy's lost it. We're following him. He's the Christ. He's the one. He's taking us there. Remember that? You remember this? Todd, you remember this? What'd he say? He come out there, and he come to him, and he said, he said, go ask Jesus if he's the Christ. Comes to him, he says, okay, you go, you go tell John. Jesus is not getting insulted or getting really weird. What'd he tell him? You all know this stuff. I teach you this stuff, but you need to hear it again. He said this. He said, go back and ask him, what do you see and what do you hear? 
He goes back to tell John and say, what did John see? What did he hear? He sent two disciples. And all of a sudden, he turns around, and Jesus addresses the people, and he goes, what did you come to see? A reed shaking in the wind? Now, the whole congregation heard this mess, and everybody's thinking what we're thinking. John don't know. He needs help, man. He needs counseling or something. He said, go, go see Dr. Bob, because he needs counseling, because he don't know if he's the Christ anymore. I don't know what to do. And instead, he goes, what? Turns around, and he whips around, and he looks at the people in the audience, and he goes this, what did you come to see, a reed shaking in the wind? No, you come to see a prophet. No greater was born of the womb but John. And God told me a long time ago when I read it, I said, that sounds familiar. He goes, yeah, it's Isaiah. Yeah. I said, what do you mean it's Isaiah? He said he just quoted what was written about him. All God does is quote what's been written about you. Yeah. When you don't look right, he just says what the word says about you. When you look like a clown, he just says what the Bible says about you. He never separated you from the word once in your life. The problem is once you separate yourself from his word, you separated yourself from him. Once you stay hidden in him, the devil won't know who you are. That's right. Then you can start. It's Friday night, you learn how to speak in the earth with the voice of Jesus. The devil don't know who is talking. The more closer you stay to that word. And everything's going to try to pull you away from that word. And you're going to say, oh, it ain't that big a deal. No, it is a big deal. You got to identify and be one. If ye abide in me, in my word, John 15, and my words abide in you, you can ask me whatever it is you will and I'll do it. What do you mean abide? Amen. It's not about how much of God got you. He got all of you. How much of God you got in you? How much you abide in? Everything's trying to pull you out. Pressure's trying to pull you out. The problems are trying to pull you out. And everything's trying to press you to get you to say something different in your identification of what he made you to be. The whole battle is for words. The whole thing's a battle for words. What do you think? Why are you thinking Genesis chapter 2, he made you a speaking spirit? How in the heaven are you and me going to identify a dominion without words? How are you going to do anything without words? You're going to walk around and be silent? Adam and Eden was going to rule the whole garden with words. He's going to mow the lawn with words. He was speaking to everything. And we get there, well, well, that's too big for me. No, because this earth does not work on these principles. The kingdom of heaven works on different principles. And these are the principles. These are the truths. Well, I'm not going to do it. Well, then don't, Here, don't do it, but don't get mad if it doesn't show up. Come on. That's it. But here's the thing, because I'm ornery. If I can get it wired right. It's got to work. How do I get this heart and mouth thing working? For what the heart man believes in the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Salvation ain't saved and going to heaven. Salvation is sozo, soteria, power and dominion being released. You know how you move a mountain? Faith in your mouth and faith in your heart. That's mountain moving faith right there. So then you start asking yourself, well, how do I get it in my heart? How do I bury it in my heart? See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember I was taking you to Mark chapter 4? Let's look. Here's the problem, right? Because you got to realize this. Once you hear this word, go over there, look at 414. We got 15 minutes or something like that. You okay here? Yeah. Then I got to tell you all these things he told me about Mark 11. Because he said this. He said, see, faith is the tangibility of your senses to silence them. Yeah. Might want to write that down. Faith is the tangibility of your senses to silence your senses. That's why God gave us the material of faith so we could silence our senses. So when our senses start going haywire, or go, where is it? You go, here it is. Until the what? The materialization of the promise shows up. I got the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the title, baby. Right. 
See, that's why that truck belongs to you and nobody else, because you got the title. You might not have it right there, but if you got the paperwork, you own it. And the materialization of the word of God produces the what? The things you've been waiting for. So it silences my senses, because here's the problem. Because this is what happens to everybody. Well, I'm going to show you this in a minute. Where's heaven? Everybody do this. No, heaven's right here. Where's CNN? Right here. I hate CNN, by the way, anyway. Constant negative news, right? Where's this? Where, where's the cloud? Come on, man. Help me, Aaron. Right? Aaron worked for he's, he's the fiber optic king. Where's the cloud? Everywhere. It ain't up in the sky. Heaven ain't. It's right here. Where's the glory? It's all here. See, this is what happens. We start talking heaven, everybody go. No, man. You, it's all around. You have to materialize with faith the unseen things. Faith allows me to silence my senses until the unseen things show up. So faith becomes a living materialization of the promises of God. And it produces them while I am in what? Waiting for what God has promised. But it's now. Because if, if it ain't now, it ain't faith. Because that's what he told you. He said, if you pray, believe you receive when you pray. Now, everybody, you pray like that? Look, nine out of ten people lost it right there. I'm going to believe God when I see it. No, he said, you believe you receive when you pray. That's a law. Well, where's the money? Believe you receive when you pray. That's crazy. Believe you receive when you pray to healing. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. Yeah, here's the problem. We got a rejection problem, guys. You ain't got a faith problem. You got a rejection problem. The reason why you reject is because you don't have knowledge. The reason why we don't have knowledge is because we do not build ourselves in the knowledge of what we need to know. And then, therefore, what happens in this is instead of being acceptors, we become rejectors of truth. And until you become an acceptor of truth, and I'm going to tell you right here now, you got to go get multiple truth to build what? Sound foundation of beliefs. Because what we're trying to do is get you persuaded. Because the Bible says that when Abraham was fully persuaded that the promise could come to pass, it came to pass. He wasn't waiting on God. God was waiting on him. God's waiting on you. Look at Mark chapter 4. We've got to go quick. So we're supposed to word these are day by the wayside. Come on, y'all know this one, right? Read, read that one. What's it say? Satan comes immediately and does what? Steals what? Takes away the what? The word of God that was sown in their heart. How does he do that? How's he do that? Said, so look at this. He said, and these are they by the wayside where the word of God is sown. But when they heard, Satan comes immediately and does what? Takes away that was sown where? In the heart. So every time you hear the word of God, where does it go? In the place where it can develop fruit. God don't waste seed. Don't go in your ear. Goes in your heart. Bible says that he comes immediately and steals it. When you read Matthew 13's account, you know what he said? He said, because you don't understand it, he steals it. How does he understeal it? What you don't understand. What you don't understand, he can steal. Why? Because you become a rejecter when you hear, because it doesn't look like what? What's that going to do? How am I going to save this marriage, that little word, reconciliation? What's that going to do with this mess? I got $800,000 worth of debt. How in the heaven am I going to get out of $1 million worth of debt with debt cancellation? Come on, man. Little words. Do you realize that book's alive? Yes, sir. You realize that word is alive? 
What you mean a little word? That little word will change your life forever. You just got to hang on to it. That only book is, that's the only book alive. Hello? Exceedingly abundantly above all. You can ask anything. There's enough power. See, this is what people don't understand. There's enough power in the word of God to produce what it said it can do. Because within the seed, he said, I gave you the seed and the herb bearing seed. So the potential to produce the promise is in the word. If you can get the word, you can get the seed potential to change your future. The only thing is now you got to hang on to that seed while you're in the incubation process to see it come to pass in the earth. And all hell's going to fight you to try to forfeit it with your mouth. And as long as you just keep hanging on and saying what it says, you're going to see it. But the pressure is to say something different so you can abort it. But if you can hang on to it, you can have it. So it's my understanding. My understanding of what? What he said. The word. Now look over here. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at Hebrews 11. You all right? Yes, you seeing this? I got like 10 of these things. I got to give them to you. Look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. You all right? Yes. Don't be a rejecter. Be an acceptor. Yes. What do I do? Because you got to realize something. What happens, what happens if the word of God is not forming my beliefs? If the word of God is not the thing that's forming my beliefs, then my, then my what? Then my natural senses are forming my beliefs or my flesh, and my flesh cannot produce nothing. He told you, he said, the man that understands flesh life cannot produce anything because none of this stuff works for him. But the God that understands faith can produce all these promises of God. So what happens is this. It's either going to be the word of God or your flesh. It's going to govern your life, and it starts governing when you're thinking, you're saying, and you're doing in life. Because if it's not back to a belief that came from the word of God, you just got reason. And now you're a mess because all the while what you're doing is this. You're like, yeah, but. You got all those yeah, buts. Yeah, but. Bible shows up, yeah, but. How about but now? Yeah. But now God said this. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You seeing this? Why? Because we get to reject what we don't understand. And the reason why you don't understand is you don't have enough truth. And until you get enough truth, you will not have understanding. And this is what I try to tell you a million times. Go in a room and say something nine billion times. That is the stupidest thing in the world. Because until you have, because why? Every time you hear it, you're rejecting it. You got to get accumulation of knowledge. Two or three witnesses let everything be established as a truth. The more knowledge you get about a subject, the more power you have. Because once I got that knowledge, now I have an accepting of the word. And that seed can produce the blessings of God that I want to see in my life. You okay here? Look at Hebrews 11.1. You're going to see it. You doing all right? Look what it says. Now faith is the what? The substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the what? Substance. substance. Faith is the what? Substance. Of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Hope comes from the word of God. Hope's, hope's future tense. Every time you prayed something or thought something or believed something and said, it's coming, if it ain't now, it ain't faith. You got to get to faith before. Otherwise, unreleased hopes do not produce your harvest. Hopes does not produce your harvest. Can't do nothing for you because everything's in the future tense. 
It's got to be now. You got to believe you receive now. And then you hang on the now. And then when you walk out the other side, now you got expectation. You got to hang on to now because that's where faith is birthed. So write these down. I got these. These are hot off the press. You ready? Faith is tangible and it materializes your hopes. It starts creating a reality of what you live in. Faith materializes your hopes. Faith is tangible and it materializes your hopes. This is what God told me. Ain't these good? You gotta love these. You all right? You get all this stuff to download. Because this is important because this is what happens to me. Well, I don't know what faith is. Faith is your beliefs. Simple, real easy, right? Where are your beliefs supposed to be formed from? The Word of God. What's the Word of God say about your situation? Side in with the Word of God. What are you supposed to do with your beliefs after you formed them? You got to release them. How do you relieve your beliefs? What you think, what you say, and what you do. We're going to talk about that Friday. What do you mean think, say, and do? Well, faith is not enough. Faith's got to be released. What good is it to believe something if you don't release it? What did he say? He said, what the heart man does what? He believeth unto righteousness, but the mouth makes confession. See, my people ain't talking enough. See, this is faith and confession. And he said, God rebuked me. He said, look, he said, you better go tell my people. I said, I know those guys said that before me. He said, I told you to say it. I said, what do you want me to tell them? He said, my people keep saying what they have when I told them they can have what they say. I said, what'd you say? Brother Hagin was saying that 30 years ago, man. Ken Copeland said it all the time. My people, he said, you better tell them. I told Relevant, I'm telling you, you keep saying what you have when God said you can have what you say. Did you get it? You keep saying what you have, but God said you can have what you say. You got to stop talking what you see because what you see is temporal. It's subject to change. But let me tell you, we all, I know how it goes. You do this for about a week, and then it gets a little old. You know what I mean? Call those things, you know, you get all hot in the meeting like that. Call those, you're going to go home in the car. Call those things that be not as though they were. And then three days it is, you're going to start waffling a little bit because ain't nothing changing. You can't look at your emotions. You can't look at change. You can't, it's a law. Stay in the law. Don't come out of law. I know 90% of you ain't going to do this. Yeah, you ain't. Because people are lazy. See, this is what happened. I can run around here like a chicken with my head cut off. Everybody screaming, throw water at me. It's okay. But you understand what I'm saying. This is how you get You want it? If you really want it, you don't want it in here. If you really want it, hey, no, this is how you do it. Oh, how do I do it? Oh, I'll tell you how you do it. Psalm 45.1. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My mouth just writes upon the tablet of my heart. I sit there all day long, and I speak to myself what the Bible said. I tell myself what the Word of God said. You know how much work that's going to take? You have to be in a car ride going to work saying, I'm greater as he that's in me than he that's in the world. I got supernatural power inside of me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you got to sit there and build yourself up. Yes, yes, yes. Because my mouth. It's creating my miracles. And you know what? If your mouth cannot be moved by your faith, we got problems. Because if your faith cannot move your mouth, it ain't going to move no mountains, buddy. (laughs) You got to start speaking. That's in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that God made you a speaking spirit. So you can release dominion. That's right. You know what? I know what the problem is. And then I told you about this, right? I'm walking in church one day, and God said, Mark chapter 4, he said, you want to know why they don't believe? 
what they say? I said, yeah, that'd be great. He said, because they don't believe what they hear. Come on. I said, what'd you say? He said, they don't believe what they hear. The only reason why you don't believe what you say is you don't believe what you heard. But once you value the word of God as the foremost authority in your life, you're going, that scripture, I told him Sunday, that scripture bugged me. I got so mad at God. I said, you're a liar, not me. This is weird. He said, yeah, I did. I was young, and you know, I read that scripture in Romans, for God be true, but every man be a liar. I said, I ain't no liar. I don't lie about nothing. I said, you lie about this thing. I don't understand. I was mad at God. I said, I'm not a liar. It bothered me. Anyway, for God be true, but every man be a liar. I said, I do not lie. I'm not lying. I, I'm checking my life. I'm like, I'm not lying. I'm not lying to this. I'm not lying to that. I'm not lying. I said, for God be true, but every man be a liar. I said, I hate that scripture. Sam, I go to church. They read that scripture. For God be true, but every man be a liar. I said, I'm not a liar. In my head, I wasn't, they throw you out. You start screaming in church. But I was like, I'm not a liar. And then one day, the Lord spoke to my heart. He goes, for God be true. I read it again, and I didn't like it when I read it. For God be true. Every man be a liar. And I heard this. Son, every time you say something different than I said, you're a liar. For God be true, but every man be a liar. So you say you broke? Liar, liar, pants on fire. You say you sick? Liar, liar. Liar, liar. Liar, liar. You say you can't do it? Liar. You said that you cannot pull this. You're lying. You're lying. Just say what God said. Now look, I got to give you these, right? Hope can change your attitude about the circumstances of life. Write it down. Hope can change your attitude. Because guess what? When you have things that looks like you cannot change, hope says I can change it. But it ain't enough. You got to have faith released. Hope's a great waiter, but a poor server, man. Don't show up. It's a target. It's a bullseye for faith. Why is that? Faith is the substance, and it's a material, and it becomes tangible evidence. Okay? So what do you do? You hold on to it. The Bible says, what good is it having it and needing and believing for it? It said once it shows up, you don't need faith for it no more. Faith holds it in the now while it comes from a different dimension that's all around you and brings it into existence. It's a, it's a force. You don't see electricity, but it's here. You don't see radio waves, but it's here. You don't see all this stuff, but it's here. You don't see this cloud, but it's here. Faith is tangible material substance that creates. But hey, somebody in the earth got to have it. Because if you don't have it, guess what? You ain't going to produce it. Right. Write this down. Faith is the proof of things not seen. See what I'm saying? I don't see it. That's where faith works. In the unseen realm. So why you keep looking in the seen realm to tell me whether faith's working or not? Oh my God. It pulls from another dimension what it is you're believing for. And as long as you stay in this dimension with it, God will manifest what he's promised you. But you got to stay there. How do I get it released? You're going you're gonna to be talking sooner or later. Yep. I do not understand this. What do you mean you don't understand this? You got to get beliefs from the word of God and you got to hang on to them and you got to release them out of your mouth. Yeah. I'm going to show you Friday how much more you got to release them out of your mouth. But you got to hang on to these things. And that's why you cannot say anything contradictory to faith. Why? You short circuit it. Yeah. So if you had a wire, right, and you unplug that wire and he's wired, you unplug the wire, what's it going to do? It ain't going to work. But you put the wire back and leave it there, what's it going to do? It's going to make it work. Yeah. That's what you're doing with your mouth. And why? You wonder why your mouth gets jacked up? Pressure. 
Affliction and persecution arising for the word's sake. It's coming for the word. And you, that's why you got pressure everywhere you go. Try to get your mouth to say something different. You ever been at the brink of pressure so bad you just want to scream? And you know, you know you shouldn't say it, but you say it anyway because you about had it. You know what I'm saying? You're like there, you're like, I'm saying it anyway, I don't care. I'll repent later and God maybe can fix it. You been there? You all been there. Don't do it no more though. I don't want to undo it. I don't want to undo it. I don't know what I'm jacking up. I ain't saying nothing. God, you good. I told him last, a couple weeks ago, it was rough. I said, God, I hope you look over the guardrail of heaven and look down here. All you're going to see me is say what you said. That's all. Just say what he said. You ain't got to figure it out. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to know what's going on. Just say what God said. Now, some of you are stubborn, okay? I'm going to say what I want to say. Faith ain't going to work for you. So I tell, do it your way. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. I'm telling you, it's a law. Look, I'm right. Now, if you don't do it, that's on you, but don't say you didn't know how. When you go to heaven, he's going to say, you should listen to Pastor Chris. He told you what to do. You didn't want to do it. And somebody says, oh, no, that's not how you do it. No, 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 no. See, my future is not a mystery. You create your future with faith. Your future is not some mystery. Every promise in the book is yes and amen. If you can find it and get faith for it and hang on to it and speak it, you can see it. Every promise in that book is yes and you can have it. How in the heaven can he tell you everything in that book is yours? Because it is. But you got to put that seed in your heart by hearing. And once you hear, you got to hang on. And once you hang on, you got to say what that seed said. Because the seed is not the end result, it's the beginning. And in seed form, you got to be careful. You do not abort this thing. So hang on. What am I doing? I'm giving you faith in confession. Write these down. Faith is the proofs of things not seen or not seen or perceived with the senses. See, faith gives your senses something to hang on to. That word. That's the key. You got to hang on to this thing. See, this is where, this is where, but I don't see it. Where does it work? In the unseen realm. So why would you need to see it? Faith doesn't walk by sight. See it? It's a different kind of law. It seems crazy because nothing, everything you've ever been taught in life is opposite of the word of God. Use your senses, use this, use your perception. Don't do this, don't do that. Hey, you're in kids, you're in school, they're learning this stuff. No, that's not what it's about, man. This is different material. See, now once you get here, you get, you get stuck because now, like, I ain't letting it go. See, because you wanted to quit. Everybody wants to quit. But here's the thing, you can't. See, I told them a long time ago, I'll tell you, God gives you glimpses of glory. It's a glimpse. I call them glimpses of glory. I love it. I hate to show you this. Show David this. I said, God, I said, why in the heaven do you take David and you anoint him to be king and then you tell him to go back and play with sheep? You know what I'm saying? You got this guy, it's great. Bring him out here, man. Got the horn of oil dripping down the joker. He's like, I made it, finally made it. Yes. I'm in the ministry, glory to God. They all forgot, you know, he's got a little attitude. He's like, they all left me behind and they didn't even pick me. Look, I'm the champ told you all I was it right his brothers didn't even come get him his daddy didn't even know where he was he pulls David over there and he says okay great you're anointed but now go back and play with sheep one day it'll come 
And I said, God, why do you do that? He said, I got to show you glimpses of glory so you don't quit on the way. So I give you a glimpse of the building, and you go, oh, there it is. And you go, oh, wow, how long am I going to hang on for this? They're glimpses of glory. They're just little pockets. I've seen it. And the reason why God gives you those glimpses of glory is so you don't quit on what it is God has for you because it's bigger than you think it is. It's bigger. It's way bigger. But the problem is they don't tell you all the hell you got to fight to get there, so it gives you like a little glimpse. Just a little glimpse. He goes, hey, boom. And you go, all right, I got my go. Okay. And then like halfway home, he's like, hey, here's another one. Bam. And you're like, oh, this is good, God. This is good. When's that going to happen? It's like 30 years later. He don't tell you the 30 years. He's a setup artist, but he just wants you to see a glimpse. Like, it's going to get better. And you're like, is it going to get better? Yeah. Boom. And it's a little glimpse. It's a little glimpse of glory for you to hang on. But I'm telling you what you got to do. This is how you do it. There ain't no other Listen to me. I've been doing this for a minute. There ain't no other way, Fred. There ain't no other way. Bump all this nonsense. It's going to come falling out of Miracle Globe. Not ain't, bro. You ain't going to be swimming in no Miracle Lake. It ain't going to happen. This is from the seed time and harvest shall forever remain in the earth. He said, as long as this is happening, this is how it's going to happen. You're going to get a seed and you're going to do this. Stuff. So you might as well get this process started if you want to get somewhere. So what do I do? I find that word. I bury it in my heart. How do I get it in my heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth speak. But my speaker is my mouth, and my mouth plants it in my heart, and my tongue is a planter. So I cannot just hear the word. I got to speak the word. And when every promise I speak, what do I do? I release, and it gets in my heart. Once it gets in my heart, what do I got to do? I got to hang on to it. Because what did Mark chapter 4 say? Say when the seed got in. He said affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake. It's pressure. Five enemies of the word of God. Affliction, persecution, cares of the world, lust of other things, and deceitfulness of riches tries to come and choke the word of God and stop you from seeing. I'm going to pray for you people, so don't get nervous. Some of you, God's coming on you, okay? You feel it? I'm going to get that promise. Hang on. You've been hanging on it. This is how you do it. You know, this isn't cute. Like, oh, you don't need to be cute. This is faith. You see it? Now you got to hang on. You just keep saying what it says. Well, how long I got to say what it said until it shows up? Don't quit. Don't quit saying what it says. Write this down, you all right? Okay, you got to find it. Faith in your heart. Faith in your mouth. Faith in your heart to believe it. Faith in your mouth to speak it. Got to have it two places. You got to release your beliefs out of your mouth. So you say, well, I believe it, but I don't speak it. How do you release it? With the words in your mouth. This is why I gotta be talking. You ain't talking enough. This is what I'm leaving you with. You ain't talking enough. Everybody I know ain't talking enough. You are not talking enough saying what God said. You need to be speaking everything. Every time you think of it, you gotta get it coming out your mouth. That was that, that was that whole thing with, and I told you this, I told the church this, but you need to hear it again, and I'm gonna let you go. I'm sitting there, right? I listened to that transcript from Brother Hagin. We're not on the Brother Hagin bandwagon, but he knew what he was doing. So you got to follow. See, success leaves breadcrumbs, man. Follow the trail, man. There ain't no sense being a pioneer or nothing. I'm just going to pioneer with these guys. So I was listening to this thing, and I'm listening to it. And he said these things about praying for those sick people. And he said, I prayed for this blind lady, and her eyes popped open. He said, that was a gift. That was awesome. He said, I prayed for the kid with the club feet. Power of God went in him. And he said, when I said that, he said, I said these words. He said, keep the switch of faith turned on. He said, I never said that before in my entire life. I didn't know what I was really saying. He said, when, and he said these words. He said, every time you think of it, say. 
So I went through that thing like six times. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. You know, you had a tape back there. You spin it and you read it. You spin it and you read it. But we don't got it. You, you guys don't even know what that is. But you play it back. I had a Walkman. You know, I was like, play it, play back, play back, play back, play back. What he said, I said, I still don't know what this guy's saying. He said, I never said that before. I had this transcript thing. He's never said that before. Never said that before. And then I said, this keep the switch fade turn on. Never said that before. And then he said, I said these words. He said, every time you think of it, say. I said, there it is. There it was. Then I got it. Every time you think of it, say. See, that's where it happens right there. Every time you think of what? He said, every time you think about those club feet, say, thank you, God, that the healing power of God's been released. It's working the healing and curing that baby's feet. They said he went somewhere else around the country. Six months later, they showed up with the little boy. Little boy's feet are straight as an arrow. Said he woke up in the middle of the night, the little boy got healed. She said, I remembered what you said every time I thought of it. That's a true story. He said, every time you thought of it, he said, I said. Every time she thought of it, what? I said, what'd she say? She said, I thank God that those power, God's working in that kid's feet, working in healing and the cure. Every time I thought of it, it said, imagine how many times that mama thought about that little baby's club feet when she's holding that little baby that she loved more than anything in the world. I bet you a lot. And that's what it comes down to. Every time you think of it, you got to say. Say what you believe. When it shows up with something different, oh, that kid ain't going to serve God. You got to say what you believe. When it doesn't look like the money's going to show up, you got to say what you believe. When a doctor says you're going to die, you got to say what you believe. When it doesn't look like it's going to happen, you got to say what you believe. When it doesn't look like nothing's working, you got to say what you believe. But if you don't believe nothing, you ain't going to say nothing. And if you don't believe anything, you can't get anything. And if you don't say something, he can't do nothing. Oh, wait a minute. That crazy preacher didn't just say God can't. Yeah, and I'm going to say it again. God can't. And everybody, oh, you know, you think you're a hot shot. No. No, I don't. Mark 11, he said, have the God kind of faith. You have faith of God. God had faith in the beginning when he spoke. What you mean have the God kind of faith? Amen. Amen. To have the God kind of faith is not just have faith in God. It's have the God kind of faith. What was the God kind of faith? God who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. Put the foundation of the earth in motion. He said, have my kind of faith. Well, you can have the God kind of faith. Yeah, every time you say what God said, you got the same faith as God. And I got news for you on Friday. I'm going to show you how he said you are God in the earth. And you might as well just run the place because you ain't just an heir. You're the Lord of all of it. Why? Because if you ain't Lord of all of it, you ain't Lord of none of it. So you might as well get on the journey and just take it. Why? Because he gave it to you. And he didn't want to give it to me. Don't put it in the book. But I found it in the book. It's in the book. And if it's in the book, it can be in your life. And you get the book in your mouth. And you get your mouth on that word. And you speak it, you can have it. That's what he said. I didn't say it. I just found it in the book. I found it in the book. So I said, well, I don't want, I want to do all that. I want to do all that. I want to go. I don't want to do that stuff. I do it the way you think you're going to do it. Ain't no other way to do it. I don't like church like this. I want to go be. I want. I don't want. I don't want to do that. It's a lot of work. I got to speak this stuff. It's speaking to you all day long. What have you been saying back? All day long. What's been speaking in your head? What's your head been hearing? Oh, you tell that devil. Shut up. Bind you. Break your power. Where you gonna get that money? I got all that money already. You gotta talk to that joker. Where you gonna get the money for that? 
Yeah, I thought I thought I had faith for money. I did. I thought I got, I got faith for money. The guy's like, bro, you need like six million bucks. I don't know about how much faith I got for money now. Wait a minute. See, everybody growing somewhere. And when he talks to you, like, what are you gonna do? You gotta talk back to it. It ain't it ain't audible. It's internal. It's inside you. You gotta speak. You gotta speak with the voice of Jesus. You get that? You said what he said, the enemy don't know whether it's you or him. So stay in. You didn't know that? When I say what God said, the enemy thinks it's God. You don't know this? Josh, I'm telling you the truth. Listen to me, man. I know what I'm doing. When you say what God said, as long as you just stay still, the enemy don't know who it is. So I can do all things through Christ. You say, oh, here he is again. Just don't come out. Just stay still. Just say it like I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Oh, there's God. It's true. He is one with his word. And if you stay one with the word, he don't know the difference whether it's you or him. Whose word is it? So if you say what he said, and God said it, who said it? So if you say what God said, who said it? Did you write the book? Bro, the book is crazy. Lay hands on the sick, sick recovery, that's crazy. Give away the money you got so you get more money, that's nuts. Speak words into existence, who wrote this book? But if I say what he wrote, am I really saying okay i write a letter and i tell you read it on my behalf you show up at the podium go pastor chris cannot be here to receive this award tonight but on behalf of him i am going to read the letter that he wrote pastor chris wrote he's sorry that he cannot be here he would have loved to have been with you but due to other things he cannot be here to receive his word you will take the trophy bring it back to my house and you will use my words i penned those words they were my words they came out of your mouth, but they are my words. They represent me. So what happens when you stand in the earth and you say what he said? The earth don't know who it is. And it thinks, wait a minute, this gotta be God. Because God in the beginning spoke it and all we're doing is saying what God said. The devil goes, he's back. Oh my God, he's back. I don't even wanna, it's true, he don't know. Just don't tell him it's you. This one time he goes, who is it? Go, it's God. Why not? They crucified Ken Copley said, and ye are God. Why? Because you are. Not the big G, you the little G. I'm a little G. He the big G, I'm the little G. And if the little G says what the big G said, then the little G and the big G are one. And the enemy cannot stop you, but you gotta say, what he said no matter what it looks like because faith's got to be released faith's got to come out of your mouth come on stand up on your feet thank you for listening to this episode of relevant live with pastor chris sarnum if you are interested in learning more about relevant church you can visit us at relevantfl.org and don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week thanks for listening